Strange sightings of the unknown and creatures that defy explanation. Peer into the unexplained. The Hush Hush Society presents Cryptid Chronicles. Gentlemen, <clears throat> it's nice to be back in the woods of southwestern Connecticut. Yeah, getting a little brisk out here. Frank, throw another log on that fire, baby. Sliggity friggity Frank Sanders here. I will toss a log at your command, sir. Throw another log on the fire. Yes, sire. <laughs> <laughs> right away, sir. Fellows, we're just waiting for our friend Nico to join us tonight to chat about a cryptid that maybe you have heard of. The Melonheads. Oh, there he is now. Stumbling through the woods. Watch out for that stick. Watch out for that tree. Hey, guys. I'm Nocturnal Nico. Hey. <laughs> hey How you doing, yo? This dude just came out of the shadows. <laughs> Creeping out the cut. <laughs> Toss me a beer. Hello, Nico. Welcome to the fire. Thank you for summoning to me for uh, the secret council. Are we destroying the rings of power? We're no. not. No, we're, we're drinking we're, beer. Yeah, oh, no, okay. No, we're, we're not a cult, we swear. <laughs> we're drinking Kool-Aid. I mean beer. Beer. We're drinking beer. Yeah. Here, you beer. want one? Sure. <laughs> Comes in this fine little plastic cup. First sip's rough. Fruit punch flavored. Interesting. Yeah. Just got to <laughs> oh. do it all in one go. <laughs> Speaking of fruit punch flavored, I was at the store today, and it was a Rocket Pop hard seltzer. Yeah. Oh, God. It just sounded awful. They did a Rocket Pop beer, too. Oh, is was that Alvarium? Yep, right up the street. Shout out, CT. Well, we're in CT right now. And guess what? My dad actually scared the living shit out of me with a story when I was a child about these. And during Boy Scouts, he used to tell me when I went to, like, camp and slept in a canvas tent with bug nets and had giant spiders crawling on the... Terrible. And he used to tell me about these... These creatures that would come and basically if I didn't have the bug net set up right or anything like that, that they would just take me into the woods and eat me. Ooh. So shout out, Dale. <laughs> all all, that, all, all <laughs> that bug net protected you like that? And he said it was a Connecticut thing. So he was like, he's like, yeah, the, the he used to, he called them lemon heads. And he would say, yeah, the lemon heads are going to get you, which actually got me away from that candy lemon heads. I was like, nah, dude, I'm never, never touching that shit ever. Cause my dad was like, yeah, the lemon heads are going to eat you. And he told me that they were bulbous headed short people that just ate you. Pygmies. <laughs> the little people, hobbits. The bug net would only assist in their capture of you. Yeah. They, they just <laughs> set you up in the net. <laughs> Well, that one was easy, Jim. This dude put himself in the net. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> in the American folklore of Ohio, Michigan, and Connecticut, melon heads are being generally described as small humanoids with big old bulbous heads who occasionally emerge from hiding places to attack people. Different variations of the legend attribute different origins to the entities. And they are Connecticut born and raised, boys. Ooh. Ah, I hate Welcome it here. to the suck. There's so many variations to the Melonhead legend also. And uh, it's mostly through Southwest Connecticut. 
that's where Dave's from. Isn't isn't that where you're from? Southwest. That would be Southwest, right? Uh, I was born in Danbury. Yeah. That's pretty Southwest, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so that answers the question. Cool. So you guys are all from Connecticut. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. So terrible. Unfortunately, uh, yeah. I was born in Connecticut as well, in Hartford. Really? Hey. Oh shit. You Small said Hartford, world. right? Yeah. It's surprising how many people actually are from Connecticut that I've met. My father said I looked like a melon head when I was born. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, I mean, it makes sense. It was in Connecticut. It, it all lines up. It all lines up. Maybe it's just like a term, because if you ask anybody out here, like a Californian, they're like, the candy? And we're like, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Well, realistically, how many people are well-versed in cryptids in general let alone ones from connecticut ohio and michigan <laughs> yeah exactly i don't know i feel like michigan's a little bit of a hot spot but connecticut and ohio i i don't know people don't even know where connecticut is do you guys ever just slip in cryptids into like casual conversation with strangers like it, it's really fun to try to I do did that just today kind of i use it as pillow talk <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah just earlier today. Hey, babe. Just come over here and check out this Bigfoot. If I'm ever out sitting at a bar or anything like that, and somebody wants to talk to me about sports or, like, not that I'm not into sports. Anybody wants to start talking to me about, yeah, this game could go a little bit better. I'm just like, have you ever heard of the bunny yip? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I just shut the fuck up instantly. Now, my neighbor is a electrician, and I was talking to him the other day, and he's just, like, talking about some stuff. I was like, so how many haunted buildings have you gone into and like, you know, redone the electricity? And he just kind of looked at me. He gave me that fluoride <laughs> stare. Right. And I was yeah. like, <laughs> the huh. fluoride stare. <laughs> and I was like, nah, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> He's like, no, no, no. I, yeah, I believe in, in all that stuff. And I was like, uh huh. Okay. <laughs> I believe. So, how many people in your immediate life do you think are true believers of? paranormal and cryptids like specifically just paranormal and, and cryptids five <laughs> yeah probably like maybe maybe six to ten tops does yeah, that it's... include two of the people in this <laughs> that's what i'm that saying. includes the, the three of you yeah so <laughs> yeah it's about the same for me you know my my parents they definitely believe in like the paranormal like spiritual stuff cryptids eh, you know they're on the fence my brother's pretty well versed in things i don't know how much of a believer he is i know he's had experiences but yeah it's it's a small circle you know it's hard to <laughs> <laughs> kind of makes you an outcast you know yeah a little bit of a black sheep as a matter of fact in eastern fairfield county many tales can be found in communities such as trumbull shelton monroe easton and weston all of the lovely Connecticut places. In western and central New Haven County, tales can be found in towns like Seymour, Oxford, Milford, more lovely Connecticut places, you guys. Come on. You know. We have so many Ford names. Uh, lots of Fords. Fords and berries, man, is like, and tons. Tons. Tons of Fords full of berries. There's also, like, well, Milford, we've We've had some good times in Milford, Mike. Right? There's no MILFs in Milford. What was that bar that we used to go to, Mike? In, uh, the Seven Seas? The Seven Seas. The Irish Milford. bar? Yeah. 
Yeah. Shout out that weird ass community down there. Milford <laughs> um, <laughs> gets down. Yeah, crazy. It's like Bristol, but on the shore, but not as weird. Um, that sounds awesome. Yeah, no, it's it. What's I'm not Milford's complaining. Dope. Yeah, there's also Southbury, which we talk about, and I grew up a town over from Southbury. Hushlings, if you don't know where Southbury, Connecticut is, Sandy Hook, just. Put it, put oh, it there. Geez. Wow. The same, same. I went it's dark. The, wow. it's, it, well, wow. it's the same new town in Southbury or can't next believe door it just to brought up that fictional town. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. Will we? <laughs> Will we? <laughs> Are I'd rather we don't. There? <laughs> I think we're probably going to have to do a false flag episode. At some I don't point. know. I don't know. Uh, we're going to have to. According to one variation of the myth in Fairfield County was the location of an asylum for the criminally insane that burned down in the fall of 1960, which resulted... That. Do you? You were there? <laughs> you do not remember that. Bullshit. Sasquatch is everywhere, motherfucker. They live to 165 years old. Time is an illusion. Yeah, yes. time ain't real. Only back pain exists. This tragic fire resulted in the death of all of the staff and most of the patients, ultimately leaving 10 to 20 inmates and or patients unaccounted for, supposedly having survived and escaped into the woods. The Melonhead's appearance is a result of having them resorted to cannibalism, allegedly, in order to survive the harsh winters of New England. And inbreeding, which in turn caused them to develop hydrocephalus. And hydrocephalus is a condition in which an accumulation of cerebrospinal fluid, or CSF, water on the brain, within the brain, yeah. So fluid in your uh, dome piece. <laughs> oh my god, soupy <laughs> noggin boy. So you're telling me if you look up at this picture, up at the top of the uh, the document here, that's from cannibalism and fucking uh, inbreeding? That's yeah. what that causes? Yep. That's what you turn into? Mm -hmm. And how are they inbreeding? How were they inbreeding? That's my question. Like, is, is it a couple generations down that they ended up looking like this? These inebriated right. little monsters? Was it a unisex uh, asylum as well? That's interesting to think about. Did they let the criminally insane intermingle and have like, oh, today is the day where you guys are allowed to touch tips? Well, <laughs> no, but they escaped. They escaped and they fucked and they ate each other. They butt babies. So, so were they praying mantis? They butt babies. <laughs> How do you decide who to fuck and who to eat, though? You fuck, then eat. Like yeah, but uh, no, but who who? Do you, oh, that's terrible. Well, I mean, that's that seems to be to keep the population regulated. You fuck the eat. What if you? What if you fuck while you're eating? That's like that's species. just gluttonous. I think yeah. that's called BDSM. <laughs> <laughs> I could well, be wrong. Living life to the fullest. It it, yeah. So it reminds me of this Seinfeld episode where George uh, <laughs> figures out that he can hide food in the bedroom. He's under the covers and they're messing around and he pops his head out and takes a ham sandwich out of the dresser drawer 
and takes a bite and then goes back underneath the covers. That man was before his time. So hydrocephalus, uh, it, it typically causes a pressure inside the skull, which gets that bulbous shape. Older people uh, may experience headaches, double vision, poor balance, diarrhea, urinary incontinence, death, Is this from personality changes. <laughs> personality changes. Erectile dysfunction. In babies, it may be seen as <laughs> oh. a rapid increase in head size. Ooh. And it causes erectile dysfunction in babies. As well. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Good to know. Good to know. Other symptoms may include vomiting, sleepiness, seizures, and downward pointing of the eye. Why is that funny? That's not funny. That's a serious. (laughs) It's like one of those terrible commercials for some sort of pharmaceutical. Just think about it. Like, we're we're sitting here around a campfire in the woods. Imagine (laughs) if a little tiny gray, bulbous-headed, downward-eyed motherfucker came running at you. You're shook. You're not laughing. You're not laughing anymore. Now you're scared. Now it got True. real. It True. got way too real. Now it's real. You can't even look them in the eyes. As a matter of fact, guys. Guys. Some versions substitute the asylum or the prison with places of business or campgrounds and the inmates <laughs> with employees... <laughs> So, so the legend goes that it's an asylum or prison escaped inmates or patients, but in reality, it's the family campground and it's one of the staffers over there with a big fucked up head. According to the second variation, <laughs> the Melonheads are descendants of a colonial area family from Shelton Trumbull, Hicks, who were banished after <laughs> accusations of witchcraft were made against them, causing them to retreat in the woods. Ooh. Cowards. So so first, they're inmates. Then they're camp counselors. Now they're witches. Uh, no, it's... no. Witchcraft made them that way. Oh. Yeah, see? Accusations of, of witchcraft were made against them. So these folks lived in towns in Shelton or Trumbull, wherever the hell you were in southern portion of Connecticut, and they were scolded for witchcraft, kind of like what we talked about in our episode where it turned into this mass hysteria point, and they decided to take their giant light bulb-headed kids (laughs) into the fucking woods and just hide there because, oh, well, witchcraft, when their kids might have actually maybe been suffering from this condition what what kind of camp do you think that guy that, oh definitely that, the ymca <laughs> ymca like uh like uh what sort of ymca camp all of them whatever camp allows the camp counselors to wear those short shorts from like the 70s uh, do you see what point i'm trying to make here or no mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no maybe it's a boy scout camp where there's bulbous-headed camp counselors that make sure you stay in your tent. Everybody looks like a gray alien. Could be. They, maybe, maybe they set up a special camp for uh, kids with hydrocephalus. In Shelton Trumbull? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in yeah. Shelton fucking Trumbull. 
Maybe they're hybrids, little gray hybrids. Oh, they could be little hybrids. Right. Hydrocephalus I mean, if... hybrid. I mean, come mm -hmm. on. Yep. Remember the Meriden Mall. Remember mall. if you go to the terrible mall. Yeah. If you go, Trumbull's just as bad. If you go to the top of the parking garage, the outdoor parking structure, there is an insane asylum that you can see. It has like this big atrium. Really interesting place. The only way to get to it is to walk up to it, which I've done once. I have a story about that insane asylum. Um, so I actually tended to that area of land for a little bit while I was landscaping. Uh, they had that place as a uh, one of their contracts, so I would go there and weed whack and lawn mow. And I, I explored the woods a little bit, and you'd find the weird, you know, concrete staircase out in the middle of the woods uh, that would go to nothing and. Uh, my coworkers would say that they would see people looking out the windows, but there was never anybody there, and people would say that it was haunted. My brother-in-law actually uh, got into flying stunt drones and stuff, and he was looking for cool abandoned places to fly his stunt drones. So he ended up going to this place, probably trespassing. That same insane asylum, he was standing out in the gravel flying his drone around, and there's this big field clearing and he flew over it and he saw somebody standing out in the middle of that field and his stunt drone he has to wear like a headset it's like a vr goggle sort of thing and there's a gopro attached to the drone so he's seeing the live feed from the gopro through his headset and he saw somebody in the field and he does a 180 with his drone and that person's still standing still in the middle of the field and he brings his drone back to him, he takes off his headset, he goes into the middle of the field because there shouldn't have been anybody there, and the person was fucking gone. Just gone. Of course, when we're talking about this other variation of the Melonhead story, it goes along with the same things that we talked about with the first variation, and then being results of inbreeding. Brothers and sisters, gather around. <laughs> you know what? I was rewatching the X Files, and there is one episode. I know you guys do like X Files stuff, bro. I already know the episode you're gonna y say. Yep, and that is the only one that has disturbed me to the core. Like I can't rewatch it, and it's just like where the where the mother is under the bed on some uh -huh. thing. Do yep. we know what season that is? Season four, episode two. You'll be there <laughs> on our watch party. We know exactly which one. I can't wait. No, definitely jump in. We're going to start... Uh, oh, I won't rewatch that. Our weekly watch parties for the X-Files on Discord, so... Yeah, I'll skip that one. Every other one I'll show up to, but that one... That one just... Yeah, that, that was weird, man. That was a messed up episode. That was one of those episodes that, like, they don't even do reruns of anymore. Right, I think it's, like, banned to do rerun uh, yeah. on uh, whatever channel they show that on now, but... <clears throat> yeah. So, I don't know, man. The inbreeding stuff. Like... It, it, I, I grew up in Saugerties, New York, so I'm pretty sure a lot of the people I graduated with were inbred, and it's... <laughs> oh, shit. It's, it's pretty messed up, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just... Does it cause people to turn into cannibals? Like, and... I, I think it causes people to do some wacky shit. It could definitely yeah. mess with your brain and the way that you think and... Mm -hmm. Well, it definitely messes with physical genetics. Right. 
So I like this is what I'm confused about because everything I've heard about with the lemon heads or mel I said lemon heads melon heads is that they're <laughs> they're tiny. So are some of these not like tiny little like dwarf like figures or? No, they come in numbers like Duende. <laughs> do they? Do they roll with their backs? big dongs? <laughs> yeah, with their with their giant dongs, they slap you in the shoulder. What's it gotta be like that? How Just big? The how big out. are they supposed to be? Just about as big as their head. <laughs> their circumference is their height. Yeah, their circumference really a little is fucking their height. chode thing. <laughs> no, no, I mean they're supposed to have like regular bodies. Regular dicks. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, like normal sized dicks, and then no, re- <laughs> re- regular bodies, but their heads are like abnormally, like take take your head and put a uh, like a regular sized average family barbecue beach ball in your fucking head. <laughs> you had some cool barbecues growing up from the yeah. sounds of it. You keep talking about these dope-ass barbecues. Pizza, hot dogs, all that shit. Oh, <laughs> fuck. Anyways, uh, the Melonheads of Connecticut. Uh, these legends all have one characteristic in common, and that is their locale to a secluded, rustic, and usually a single-lane dirt road running right into their kingdom of big fucking heads. But one thing we don't talk about in this, but I think should be mentioned, is Pygmy Village. You, at least Mike and... The Pygmy Village. Yeah, Mike and Frankie should be adverse well-versed of Pygmy Village in Connecticut. Yeah, this is very reminiscent of that. Yeah, they didn't have giant heads, though. They were just supposed to be little people that fucked you up. And wasn't yeah. there, wasn't there like, a, a place? Was it in Bristol? Is it in Bristol or Plainville? Plainville. Where you can, is it Plainville, where they have, yep. like, the tiny houses? Yep. That's and they're not, like, sheds, like you buy at Home Depot converted. They're, like, tiny. They're little houses. Yeah, it's like Whoville. It's like crazy. I haven't been up there. I'm scared. Yeah, it's been a while since I, I used to drive by it all the time. I forget why. Hmm. As we know, Fairfield County and New Haven County have significantly rural areas, like Mike said. And it's not uncommon for these forests to have these little single lane routes or roads, some of them being dirt, which is hillbilly as fuck. And melon heads allegedly prey upon humans who wander onto those dirt roads i don't know why in 2022 you're just like ha, 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 let me go for a stroll on this creepy ass road they would bite or consume whoever enters their territory <laughs> because of the paranoia of people seeing their society their giant fucking domes and the fact that they uh kill and cannibalize each other so they eat people as well they just well, do the same thing. You say, why in 2022 would anybody go and do that? And I was going to propose that, um, Dave, I'd love to invite you, but you're across the country. Me and Mike should definitely go and try to hunt these things down on Facebook Live. I think uh, so. While we wear yeah. GoPros, right? Yeah. Can you hook up a GoPro to Facebook Live? What was the show that was on MTV where they used to go into haunted places and they wore like those cameras that would face them. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they were, they, it was like part of a challenge. They like, had yeah. What was, do you, do you remember the name <sighs> of that show? I don't remember. I, I remember the premise of it. Yeah. They wore those, they wore the vests. Fear. Fe- yep. That was it. Fear. 
It was a two-year series from 2000 to 2002. They did one in Connecticut. I think they did Fairfield Hills, actually. And it was like basically watching an MTV version of The Blair Witch Project, which basically was an MTV movie at that point. That's so, fine cinema right there. Yeah. I never understood how that movie got such... People so scared? Yeah, like... I... Maybe it's because you grew up with the woods being like that so close to your fucking house. <laughs> Could be. Could be. Could be. It's the Melonheads, friends. In a number of towns such as Shetland, Trumbull, and Monroe, hence the mysterious and mythical street referred to as Dracula Drive, oh, shit. none of the towns that have a Melonhead legend have roads designated as Dracula Drive. Some hmm. other roads mistakenly referred to as Dracula Drive include Edmonds Road in Oxford or Velvet Street in Trumbull and Monroe. And since I lived in Milford, Milford also has Zion Hill Road. And the roads around Lake Mohegan in Fairfield, which is also a rural and secluded place, and Marginal Road in New Haven, Gunwaven. Best pizza on earth. Probably not. Oh no, uh, it's it's true. Oh, it is. It's it true. Is. On Earth, on, on Earth. Earth. Yeah, bro. On Earth. Yeah, bro. Probably not. Probably. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. We'll fight all the Italians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fucking ricotta, not ragot. Ragot. <laughs> There's also Jeremy Swamp Road in Southbury. I know exactly where that is. It's not too far off from a. Uh, do I dare say it? What? Jeremy Swamp Road. That doesn't sound sketchy at all. No. no. So, Jeremy Swamp Ass Road. There's also paths and roads around Roosevelt Forest in Stratford. So there's a plethora of places in Connecticut where they have been donned Dracula Drive. But why would they call it Dracula Drive? Is it because of the cannibalism? Yeah, the blood drinking. There is a street that's pretty close to where a place I lived in uh, Woodbury, Connecticut, called Transylvania Ave, and it is a creepy ass fucking street. Isn't that where the monsters lived? Yeah, who names these streets? <laughs> Ned Lamont. Ned Lamont. <laughs> Ned Lamont. A lot of the inspiration for a number of the different versions of Melonheads also uh, may be attributed to the local surroundings, as we said. Um, Central Fairfield County is home of the now defunct Fairfield Hills, as Dave just mentioned, uh, the mental hospital there, as well as Garner Correctional Institution, which correctional institutions usually have really bad juju anyways. And those are both located in Newtown, <laughs> as well as the Federal Correction Institution, which is located in in Danbury. Which is like a town over. Yeah. It's like two towns over. There's a lot of fucking prisons in this small ass state. Yeah. Yeah. Over time, this overlapping of the game of telephone may have allowed the cross contribution of elements to each other. Similar legends may include the Danbury frog people. You ever seen a frog kid before? <laughs> Gay frogs. A frog kid. Connecticut's turning all the frogs gay. There's also the faceless people of Monroe. What? I've never heard of that. The Mongoloid Village, which is very <laughs> popular in New Haven County. Yeah. 
It is New Haven. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bigger than a village, but it's filled with mongoloids. Well, if you guys want to really get down to the nitty-gritty, there's also the Malungian, a tribe of isolated Appalachian mountain people. See? More inbreeding. That live in the southeastern United States, Tennessee, Kentucky, or Virginia. It's inbred county right there. The Malungians? No, West Virginia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, well, Tennessee, Kentucky, makes... Virginia. These folks are thought to be a mixed race of offspring of European misfits, liberated slaves, and Native Americans. In a sense, the damned of the early American civilization. And as a matter of fact, it's occasionally mistranslated as Melonhead. There was once a tribe of people living quietly and independently in the backwoods of Connecticut, Hicks, who exhibited <laughs> Melungian-like features and possibly mistaken as such. Before we move on, Nico, since you're kind of in the vicinity, your hmm. podcast is upstate unconventional. Clearly, Hushlings, if you don't know geography, then it's upstate New York. Have you heard anything like this in your neck of the woods, per se? Nothing with Melonheads specifically. Um, you know, the Hudson Valley, they have, like, uh, a lot of UFO activity. Whitley Stryber had his uh, encounter. Not too I'm rereading uh, uh, Communion right now. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I want to go try to figure out where that was. I don't know exactly where the cabin is, but it, I have a rough idea of the area but um going off of like little people this is a crazy story my wife had there's a a natural spring up here i'm sure people have heard of it saratoga springs mm -hmm. you, yep. you can buy like the saratoga water and everything but uh we go there and we get like natural spring water but a few years before i met my wife she was up there and she swears on her life that she saw this she was like walking by one of these little streams and she just kind of caught out of the corner of her eye and looked and she swears there was little gnomes and, like, fairies and stuff, like, dancing around in this, like, little stream. And then when she, like, double took it, like, they all disappeared. But I've heard a lot of stuff like that in that area. Like, strange little fairy-like creatures and stuff like that. But it's, I don't know, this, this whole East Coast is such a weird area, you know? That's true. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the East Coast. There's there's a there's quite a bit of cryptid activity in the woods mm -hmm. of the the Northeast. Yeah, especially the Northeast and and the Southeast too. I mean, you have you have the Skunk Ape. So moving on from our neck in the woods, we have the Melonheads of Michigan, and they are said to reside around a place called Felt Mansion which is a house located at 66th Street and 138th Avenue in Lake Town Township, Michigan. Yeah, they've also reported seeing them in southern forested areas of Ottawa County. Is that Ottawa County, Michigan? Or is that Ottawa I County in so. Ottawa, I, Canada? I would assume it's Michigan since we were just talking about Michigan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're right next to each other, you know. They are neighbors. Mm, mm. Yeah. According to the story, they were originally children, again, with the same condition we talked about, hydrocephalus. The story explains that after enduring the physical and emotional abuse, they became feral. 
and disgusting creatures and were released into the forest surrounding the asylum. And the Allegan County Historical Society claims that the asylum never even existed, although it was at one point a prison. So they just let him out, like, like opening like a, 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 like a cat door. Be free. <laughs> and they're all like, <laughs> to just run out. But this is interesting, though. You know, like you have like three different. I don't know if Ohio has the insane asylum too, but you have a an asylum story with little melon heads running around. Like, I don't know. <laughs> you, you know, like one time, okay, maybe it's a coincidence or whatever. But like, you get three different stories from three relatively different areas of the country. Maybe there's some truth to it. Maybe there was like this weird. Like, because what time did all these stories take place? I'm pretty sure, like, Michigan and Ohio were back in, like, the 20s and 30s, right? When these Yeah, it was things... quite some time ago, yeah. Hmm. So it just makes you wonder, like, was there some type of, like, mutated <laughs> type? I mean, we didn't we didn't realize until probably really the maybe 70s, maybe definitely 80s, but most definitely the 90s. We didn't realize certain conditions of the human body or brain or chemical makeup was a, a, either a mental illness or a disability. Other than that, they would just be like, oh, well, this person's dome is huge. Let's bloodlet it, you know, <laughs> or, or let's just throw it out in the woods and see what happens. Some of these weird cryptid sightings of these bulbous headed creatures, there are other cryptids that kind of resemble this. So we have talked about in the past of experiments that might have escaped. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if they were in an insane asylum, could they have ran experiments on these people? Or, because I can't, I can't fathom all of these people or a population of people with the same physical deformity living in just one hospital. Unless these were the three places in the country where they treated this. I don't know. It's actually kind of common in in the 20s, 30s, up until even the 80s, where families that had children who had physical deformities and even mental um, mental incapacities would put them into these institutions and pretty much forget about them. Um, so it's not far off to think that there was some sort of family you know, or a group of families that had children that had hydrocephalus or some other, you know, disease that causes that enlargement of the skull to take their children and put them into these institutions. And maybe these institutions on the East Coast were the only ones that were accepting those children, you know, or no, were willing to take them on. But if you're admitting your child into a a facility like this, you would have to pay for it, right? You're not just... No, just set it and forget it. It's a one-time fee. You leave the frog kid at the place. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not not necessarily. A lot of that was, was undertaken by, like, state funding, things of that nature. Families would uh, sign away the rights to their children. They no longer want them. And a lot of these institutions, in order to get their funding would take as many of these patients in as they possibly could just to, to rack up that, that state funding that it would provide. 
So the right. more patients that you had, the more funding that you had coming in from, uh, you know, the state and local governments. And if they're running experiments, I wouldn't be surprised if they like paid the parents, <laughs> you know, yeah. as test subjects and stuff. Hey, we'll take your melon head and we're going to run a few little tests on them. Yeah. Do you think a really out of the box question, maybe it's not too out of the box, but do you think that they may have been taking these children, experimenting on them, giving them these bulbous heads and these weird appearances and then sending them out, maybe the government, sending them out as like great aliens to be doing said abductions i don't know kind of it makes you leading back to the aliens well you i mean you hear about these like human animal hybrid things that in these like deep underground bunkers and stuff like that and it's not that far off i mean (laughs) you know it's really i I could i mean I, i think everything is a conspiracy and i believe i look into everything I wouldn't be surprised if you get some kids because hydrocephalus isn't like that uncommon. I think it's like one out of every 700 kids has it. Is it that common? I think that's what I looked up. It's pretty common. Jeez. Yeah, it's it's really like not, I don't think it's as severe with most people. You know what I mean? Like mm. the big bulbous heads and stuff. But I think it's a fairly common thing. And if this is back in the 20s and 30s when, you know, medical treatment wasn't as good, I guess during childbirth or whatnot. Yeah. I, I could see it and just, yeah, we're going to take these kids and who knows? I mean, it's, it's interesting, but they, it, a lot of these like uh melon head stories is they're very like animalistic, you know, they have sharp fangs. They're kind of like feral as they say, who knows? Yeah. Unless it's just a lost tribe of people to go along with how they would act. A lot of, you know, especially people that had uh, cognitive disabilities or uh, learning disabilities, Down syndrome, anything like that, they would be put into institutions. And obviously those institutions wouldn't treat them correctly, locking them in dark rooms for all day, not, you know, interacting with them. They would just sit in darkness, windowless rooms for pretty much their entire existence and just be shut away if any of these institutionalized individuals you know children or young adults that had been a part of these these buildings and a part of these uh hospitals were all of a sudden to be let go or to escape the grounds you know they of course would kind of revert back into that animalistic way of thinking and acting true you know it, it it's possible that some of these some of these sightings may have been those kids that just escaped and the staff didn't they didn't keep track of who was who how many people they had they, none of that was kept track of back then if you lose two or three of them you're not gonna know <laughs> like who cares really you're not gonna know whatever Imagine if it's just something so simple, though. It's like, it's, it, it is just like a school, you know, for kids with this specific hydrocephalus, right? And it's just a normal thing. And like some bypasser just walked out while they were on like a field trip or something. And they're yeah. like, holy yeah. shit, there's these monsters in the world. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> kids, we're going to go out to the woods and we're going to learn about trees and flowers. Yay. You know, four or five of them go out there and somebody's out there. Look at these fucking melon heads. These fucking... <laughs> Crazy creatures. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, 
they had a pygmy at like I don't know if it was the New York City Zoo or one of these zoos up until like 1920. They had like a human being as an exhibit. Oh my yeah. God, <laughs> the most dangerous animal. It's just like uh, it's, it's hilarious. I, I mean, it's terrible, but it's hilarious to think about it now. <laughs> like, look at these things. Come one, come all. Look at this tiny ass human being. <laughs> Do you guys know uh, Al Meshkin? No. No. You, you don't know Al? Oh, no. Great guy. He's manager over at Lake Town Township. Um, he often heard tales as a teenager where his friends referred to the beings as the wobbleheads. Wobble, wobble. Mm. <laughs> and, of course, we talk about different versions of these legends because they're... You know, it's like a game of telephone. You get a little little change here, a little change there, depending on where you are. And it says that these children once lived in the mansion itself, but later retreated to the system of caverns nearby and became wildlings. And they would go out and ravage human beings and bring their bodies back to the caves. We're talking about Felt Mansion, correct? Yeah, we're talking about Felt Mansion, obviously. Felt Mansion with the big-headed fucks. Another version says that the children devised a plan to escape and kill the doctor that abused them and blew up their heads like a balloon or whatever that putty was that you put on the straw and blew it and turned it into a giant balloon. (laughs) (laughs) It is said that the children had no place to hide the body, so they cut it up into small pieces like Dexter and... They hid them around the mansion. How fun. <laughs> that's, that's, that's... Who it. can find the femur bone? That's creativity. An Easter, it's an Easter egg hunt of fleshy proportions. It was, <laughs> it was amazing. I found the liver. It said that teenagers who had broken into the mansion saw ghosts of the children and claimed to see shadows of the doctor's murder through the light coming from an open door. There was actually a 2011 film, The Melonheads, which is based around the West Michigan legend. There was a movie? Really? Starring Ben Affleck. Watch Yeah, starring Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. (laughs) (laughs) Matt Damon. But I'll never be a baseball player because I'm a Melonhead. Oh my god. The Melonhead stories that take place around Ohio are primarily associated with the suburb of Kirkland. Well, according to local lore, the Melonheads were actually originally orphans under the watch of a mysterious figure known as Dr. Crow. Oh, see, another another ominous doctor. There's so many doctors. Yeah, self-proclaimed doctor. Yeah, and then he gave himself the name Dr. Melonhead. I'm a doctor because I have a bunch of big fucking headed kids that I watch. <laughs> that makes me a doctor. I have to drain their head fluid twice <laughs> twice every day. Speaking of that, Crow is said to have performed unusual experiments on children who developed large, hairless heads and malformed bodies. We didn't talk about that before. They must have uh, malformed bodies. Some accounts claim that children were already suffering from, again, hydrocephalus, and that Crow injected even more fluid no. into their brains. Why? Why would he do that? Yeah. That's... Blue Gatorade. 
electrolytes <laughs> straight into their cranium. <laughs> Here, kids, this is Mountain Berry Blast. I don't know what time period this this was. I, this must have been. This was last Primitive year. America. Yeah, 2021. <laughs> Primitive America. And if, if somebody was injecting fluid into somebody's brain in a hospital that was already suffering with an inflammatory illness, <laughs> this must have been, like, either during Prohibition or just before, I, I, I want to say. Because during would make more sense, because these guys were like... Oh, they're doing opiates instead of fucking alcohol. So they're just <laughs> injecting fluid into kids' brains who are already like, oh, God, my head hurts. You just imagine them in some basement and they come out wearing their, their white jacket with that big reflective fucking round thing on yeah. their forehead. Yeah. And they, they roll out and they just huff some fucking ether. <laughs> and then they fucking grab a scalpel. We can pull out the Gatorade. Are you ready, Jimmy? Are you ready? Nurse, give me the syringe. And he just takes another hit. Oh, Jimmy. I'm going to stick this needle in the middle of your forehead. You're gonna be okay. It's it's, it's gonna burn a bit. I just picture one of those those beer helmets, <laughs> <laughs> but it's two blue Gatorades <laughs> and two syringes into the temples of these little malformed children. <laughs> it's fucking terrible. I can't. I can't stop. Oh man. <laughs> Eventually, the legend continues. The children killed Crow. Yeah, they rebelled. They killed this mad scientist that was bursting their brothers and sisters' <laughs> noggins open. They burned the orphanage to the ground and retreated to the surrounding forest and supposedly fed on babies Jesus. to fuel their big old noggins. Have you guys ever seen that video called Rubber Johnny? No. <laughs> look it, it sounds up, dude. Dirty. It sounds fucking <laughs> yeah. dirty, and I'm not sounds gonna look it up. up. I am not searching for Rubber Johnny. You've never seen it? No, bro. I don't. Tell have... me about it. Google DuckDuckGo. Whatever you watch your porn on, look up Rubber Johnny. It has nothing to do with penis. See, you it has just nothing said to do porn. With condoms. Why did you no, preface no, 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 it with hold porn on, then? Hold on. Hold if on, it has on. nothing to do with penises, <laughs> why did you preface no. it with porn? Hold on, hold on. It has nothing to do with <laughs> whatever you I, watch your porn on. Look it up there. It, it is a weird video that is made by Chris Cunningham. It's from 2005, so you young, you youngling hushlings might not remember this, but when I was in high school, a video came out called Rubber Johnny, which is a bulbous-headed figure in a wheelchair in a darklit room with a chihuahua. And it's all like negative shot. So you just see it, the eyes glowing. And it's very creepy. And the thing's like, uh, like making noises. And it's very <laughs> reminiscent of the melon heads. Go, go check it out. Just type in Google search, Rubber Johnny, Chris Cunningham, and you'll see it. But guys, here's the big question Could it be baby squatches? Squatch. Are squatches known to be hairless? When they're, when they're babies, yeah. It's funny you mention that, you being a squatch yourself, 
Nico, you told me earlier, before you arrived at the campsite, that you had a Bigfoot experience. I'm interested Ooh. in this experience, and maybe you can share a little bonus on this Cryptid Chronicles. Yeah, well, first of all, I just want to say thank you guys for letting me come to the campfire. This has been a blast. You know, I haven't had this much fun in a while. <laughs> Good, I'm, gl- I'm hopefully it was <laughs> as fun as blasting Blue Gatorade into cerebral cortexes of children. <laughs> It's a close second. It's a close second, but <laughs> yeah. If you guys have time, I'll I'll tell a couple uh, Bigfoot encounters. I didn't have Bigfoot on the brain when when the, any of these happened, and I'll kind of explain how it came to that conclusion. But um, this was a weird one. I was driving my son around. I'm in uh, upstate New York, as we stated before, and when my son was like two years old give or take we'd have to drive him around to get him to fall asleep and i was driving on this back road he would always fall asleep on this one back road that was a couple miles from our apartment and i'm driving around and i come up to this like road and i see a set of uh glowing like they were like orangey red eyes kind of standing next to a tree now i've grown up i've hunted like most of my life i've seen bear before uh mostly black bear because that's what we have in the area and i just thought it was a bear like on the side of the road but it was standing next to this like tree and as soon as i like i stopped you know hit the brakes and everything pulled up and i I couldn't see any outline of it or anything i just saw these eyes standing up and then they dropped down and just darted like as, as fast as they could it had to be running like 30 miles an hour couldn't tell what it was though that, that was the weird part i could only see like the glowing eyes and what's weird is like as i pulled the car up slowly the headlights were no longer like hitting these eyes so they weren't it wasn't just like reflecting off of them they still kind of glowed after the headlights passed and it just darted off and i didn't think anything of it i was like oh that's weird there's a bear in this area i haven't seen any you know went home told my wife about it and she's like oh that's weird you know haven't heard of because it's not really, like, totally desolate. You know, there's a housing development, like, a couple hundred feet up the road from where this happened. And I went back and looked at it a few times, and like, driving on that road in the daytime. And this thing had to be, like, seven, eight feet up in the air. And I know black bear don't get that tall. But again, I just didn't think anything of it. So then fast forward to, uh, that happened in, like, the fall of 2019. And then fast forward to June 2020, me and my wife and my son, he's like three years old at this time, uh, you know, we're walking on this nature trail that's a couple miles from our house. And we're just walking around. We go on one of these like back trails and we've been here before, you know, nothing weird or anything. And we get to this one area and I I can't explain it, but it's just like, the feeling I got was very weird and ominous. Like everything just got like kind of slowed down. There's a very creepy vibe in the area. My son was walking and I just got like the instinct to pick him up. Uh, I just picked him up and we just kind of started walking. And all of a sudden we heard something kind of moving in the wood line, like next to us, but we didn't see anything. And this back trail, it's like when you come around the back, there's like a big open field that they kind of have like a, 
I don't know, six foot path kind of cut and the rest is all really tall grass and the other side is woods. And it was like just a weird vibe and my wife was like kind of creeped out and we were like, I just got the sense that we shouldn't be there and it was like really intense, you know? So we took a couple more steps forward and all of a sudden something started snorting at us and it sounded like a pig. It was like, I never heard any animal make this noise before because it wasn't really like a pig. I'm not going to like <laughs> attempt to <laughs> make the noise, but it was, I guess I will. It was like, <laughs> you know, which is, it, we were like, okay. And then we just got out of there. You know, we just walked back. And as soon as we got back onto like the main trail, everything was fine again. It was like the tension kind of like got out of the air. And I was like, that, that was weird. You know, like, and so my wife was like, is that a bear? And I was like, sure. You know what I mean? Like, I, I guess it had to be because we don't have wild pigs up here where we're at. Um, the only other thing, maybe like a buck kind of snorting, but couldn't explain it. And it was just a weird thing. And we, we just chalked it up to like we, we ran into a bear. But, you know, it's summertime, probably like one o'clock in the afternoon. You know what I mean? It's just an odd time for a bear to be out. But whatever, we just chalked it up as that. Then, um, about a year later, I'm listening to Sasquatch Chronicles. It, this episode was, uh, I think it was episode 405 or 504, I don't remember exactly. But I'm just listening to it, and all of a sudden, this guy starts telling this story. And he's like, and this next guest is from upstate New York, he had an encounter, blah, blah, blah. So I'm listening, I'm like, okay, cool, upstate New York. And then he starts telling this, like, explaining this road, and he says the name of my town that we live in. And I was like, okay. And then he's explaining this highway that he broke down on and, you know, had to walk up past this, like, apartment complex. And he talks about this road, and I'm like, holy shit, I drive on this road literally every day to work. I know the exact, you know, bridge he's talking about that he broke down near the apartment complex that he drives by or had to walk by. I drive by it every day. And I was like, holy shit. And it's literally all this is within a three mile radius of like where we had this thing snort at us on this nature preserve. That's wild. That's a, that's a, that's a crazy like yeah. synchronicity also. Like you experience this thing and then shortly thereafter you hear a story and it's close to home. Ugh. Yeah. On top of it, it's multiple times. Yeah. That adds to the creep level. Yeah. And then there's one more that I have. And this one, this this gets into like the woo-woo stuff with Sasquatch. Because I'm, I'm starting to lean towards that they might be like some type of interdimensional yes, being so or something. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. So this is where it gets a little weird. So this last November, November 2021... We had a really nice day. It was like 60 degrees here. So me and my wife went hiking on this trail. And we went back. This whole area is very weird. I got to kind of back up a little bit. That road that the guy in that episode had his encounter on, it's all woods, but it's a very weird area of woods. Everything's posted, which is not uncommon. But there's like a lot of... It's just a very creepy vibe. And then there's like a shopping center, kind of like a mile and a half down the road. And at one point, they started building a, uh, I hope this makes sense, but they built like a roundabout. And there's two 
you know, exits on this roundabout, and then there's a third one that is just stopped. Like, it, it heads towards those woods, and it just stops. Like, they just never built a road through it to get there, and it's, it's just odd. You know, there's a lot of weird stuff going on in that area. So we go in November, and we're just hiking around, and we go kind of towards, like, the back end of this uh, nature preserve. Because at this point now, I'm like, all right, there's Sasquatch here, you know? And so we go in, and this sounds like hippy-dippy and whatnot, but I, I just kind of set the intention when we walked in, and I just said out loud, my wife will attest to this, like, I was like, if there's something here, just give us a sign, right? And keep in mind, this is a educational school, like this nature preserve. They have a little uh, environmental education school there, and they keep these trails, like, absolutely pristine. There's no garbage. There's no, like everything is like perfect. And we're walking. So I, I say that, give me a sign. So we walk around this uh, corner and there's a big gulp, like, like a big giant, like slurpy cup filled with mud and like other stuff, just sitting right in the middle of this trail. And I was like, huh, that's odd. Like there's never any garbage here or whatever. And I was just like, all right, I'm going to just pick this up and carry it with us. It was disgusting. It was just like, I don't know. So we, we walked to the end of this trail, and there's a you know chain link fence kind of blocking off where the property is. And we get that same weird vibe again. And we're like just standing there at this gate. And <laughs> all of a sudden, we hear this like really ridiculous sounding uh, crow call that sounded like, something trying to impersonate a crow it's just me and my wife standing at this like fence in the middle of the woods at the end of this trail and we hear ah ah and we were like huh that's weird <laughs> my wife's like totally creeped out so again we didn't see anything but so we're just standing there and i just waved into the woods and there was no wind or anything and we just saw two trees start kind of swaying and my wife's like, let's just get the fuck out of here. You know, this is weird. <laughs> I don't like this at all. So we turn and we walk out of it. Like, we just kind of get back onto the main path. And as we're leaving, we hear that same, like, crow call again going, ah, ah, it was like the most ridiculous sounding thing I've ever heard. <laughs> but it was loud. And we walked out and she was like, I, I uh, you know, she's like, something, something was there. Again, we didn't see anything, but... It was weird, and I just feel like something put that cup there to just, like, test us to see, like, are you good stewards of the woods? Are you going to pick this up or just leave it? And, again, that one's very hard to say it was Sasquatch, but it was weird. But that one does go along with a lot of Sasquatch sightings where there's offerings. That's one thing. And then, two, mm -hmm. that sound of, like, I guess you could say it sounds like a crow or a raven cawing, but more elongated and deeper and louder, obviously. I guess that might be what you've heard, but I've seen a lot of those videos, and in those videos, you can hear those claims of... It does sound like, you know, like a caw. Yeah, it's like something mimicking, you know? So that story actually really seems like an actual Sasquatch sighting. Or, you know, hearing. <laughs> well, 
you know. But if you felt weird, yeah. I mean, that could explain like what we've talked about briefly before we uh, hit the hay. It could explain the that weird portal paranormal sense that we've I think all talked about on separate occasions when it comes to Bigfoot. Hmm. So very strange. Yeah, it's bizarre. And like I said, I can't. The only thing I saw was that one night something on the side of the road. But again. I'm not going to say 100% it was a Sasquatch, but it, I've just never seen a bear standing next to a tree on the side of the road and then drop to all fours and book off. Other than that, we've never seen anything. It's just a weird feeling and vibe you get when you go to this specific nature trail. Sometimes that's worse than the actual sighting. Yeah, creepy. Right. It, it's It's weird. Those are... My Sasquatch stories, I plan on going back to this place multiple times. I'm going to bring a recorder the next time and just see if I pick up on anything. Definitely. But I don't know. And then, like, I've asked people, like, on the trail. A lot of people have said, like, yeah, you get a weird vibe back there. Like, there's something off. So I know it's not just, like, me that's getting it. Yeah. You know? Well, like we said before, portals, energy, maybe you're uh, actually getting uh, watched by some hairy man beast. Yeah, I don't, it, it's weird, man. Uh, if, if you guys are ever up in the area, I'll take you there. Cause it's... At least when you go back out there, let us know so we can at least live stream it with you. Because mm-hmm. that would be fun. There we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Nico, please... Let everybody know where they can find your show and how to find you and what you're up to. Thank you for that. Um, my show is Upstate Unconventional. We do. I, I have people come on and talk about their paranormal experiences and things like that. Declassified Dave has been on. He shared some interesting stories. And he was like, ah, you know, I, I might have one or two. And then, you know, an hour mm-hmm. and 45 minutes yeah. later. We just kept opening up new cans and... Uh those those worms kept coming out and all these other experiences that i didn't uh i didn't remember at the time when we started uh talking about it just started coming out and uh i've seen some weird shit so <laughs> good episode check it out guys a lot of people have and check out the show the show is phenomenal thank you thank you for that and yeah you can just find me on instagram at upstate underscore unconventional that's pretty much how i book my shows you know people just send me messages there but thank you again guys this was a lot of fun yeah i think it's time to hit the hay don't forget to throw them cans in that recycling uh trash bag straight into the fire right into the fire throw away your gatorade bottles global warming is not real (laughs) and with that thought hushlings Good night.